And welcome back to another episode of the Hero Ball Podcast. My name is Richard Davidson, and I'm here joined by my good friend Ethan Huffman. Now, Ethan, do we have to like issue some apologies today now that the the brow went off again in the Pelicans? There's no end in sight to their well, just to how well they've been doing. Do we have to say us we're sorry here right now? Um, probably should. We won't. I won't though because. I will wait until the end of the season because I'm still waiting for that next 14 point game that he's going to put up because ah. that is the, uh, if you are someone who is a critic of Anthony Davis, you will always note that he goes off for 35 or more and then he goes, he doesn't get to 20. So there, that's what I'm depending on. And I'm hoping that the uh, nuggets do not stay out of the playoffs much longer because mm. even though it's, they're literally tied for the eighth spot, just one more win and one more loss than, the Clippers in eight. Um, I I don't like seeing them in the nine slot. So let's get them. Let's get them out of there. Well, I like I like seeing the clips in just because I want to root for my my boys Tobias Harris and Boban. Boban coming on huge last night, uh, help leading them to a victory over um, over the Nuggets, I believe. Right? Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. And oh man, it was a. Uh, I wish I would have watched that game. I was uh, going to bed early, but yeah, it was uh, it was not not a good look for the uh, the teams and the team involved. <laughs> well, on on the brighter side, though, D Wade hit a game winning shot. Last that is year. right. I had a good About, had a good uh, finish to that game. Well, two weeks after he missed a game winner against the yeah. Sixers, he hits the game winner this time. Notice he was in he was in a, shot a long two instead of a three, and that's the key. Long twos. Long two you know, for, for Dwayne Wade. Yeah, for those for those people who came into the league, you know, back when the rule differences, you know, the the, the defensive rules were different. Um, you know, excelling at the long two is probably because they practiced them so much back in the mid two thousands. Yeah. Now Dwayne Wade, he hit that shot, and I got really excited, and then JJ Redick bonked him wide open one, and I was crying the whole way from his <laughs> release to the bonk on the rim. I was like, no, we we blew it. We blew the Wade. Game winner, but no. So now the Heat are only one game behind the Sixers and closer to that Celtics upset in the first round of playoffs. Now, now I know, you, I know, you, we didn't talk about this beforehand, but did you see like, uh, did you see a video of Vince Carter taking like a last last second, or I guess it was like when the you know last 10, 15 seconds of of the ball game, and he's going up the court and he pulls from like you know Steph Curry range and. It like if you're like behind him, it looks it looks just like precise. It's on, and you hear the announcers going crazy, like Vince Carter, and then it's just an air ball, and it's and they lose. Well, you know, he is like 41 now. So. Yeah, he he probably thought he was shooting a long two, but really it was an extra long three. That's right, and that's always that's always problematic when you don't when you have the range off by that much. Yeah, well. Vince Carter, get some glasses. Anyways, let's go ahead and move on to our topic for today. We're going to look at the Eastern Conference as a whole, really just the playoff teams, people in playoff consideration, and we'll examine those teams and and we'll uh, we'll, we'll talk about some of the things going on with them. So let's just give you a rundown on kind of where we're at from the top to the bottom of those in playoff contention. So at the top, we got the Raptors, Celtics, Cavs, and Wizards. They'd be hosting a playoff series if it started today. Pacers, Bucks, Sixers, and Heat rounding off the uh, the the top eight there, and then the Pistons and Hornets 
on the outside looking in about three and a half, four games out of that eighth spot. Now, Ethan, as we look at some of these teams, is there any reason to believe that we're going to see a whole lot of change from this point forward? I honestly think the eight teams in the playoffs right now are the ones that will make the playoffs. I I would like to see the order change. I just want the Heat to play the Celtics is the only thing I care about. Um, I actually like the matchups as they are for the most part. Like that'd be the only one I would change is like have the Celtics either retake the number one or the Heat move up to number seven. Because I like the idea of seeing the the Cavs Bucks. I like the idea of seeing the the Sixers and Raptors, and I really like the idea of the Heat beating the Celtics in the first round of the playoffs. Uh-huh. Yeah, I know you're a little bit salty from last season's uh, you know, debacle as you guys stormed during the second half, and you were so close to sneaking into the eighth seed, and then what was it, the uh, Brooklyn Nets yeah, uh, <laughs> were able to win a game? or something? It was something no, messed the, up. The Brooklyn Nets sat oh, their, oh. their starters against the Bulls, who ha- uh, had, yeah. had to win to uh, stay ahead of the Heat. And they did win, and so yeah, I was I was not as much as I like the Nets and their organization. I really don't understand the idea of a team with no incentive with their draft picks to be uh, sitting to be resting players. So. Yeah, that that was a head scratcher there. That was you know. that was that was a frustrating moment. But you know, I was talking to Sergio uh, about tanking and whatnot, mm-hmm. and how last year I was all in with the Heat. Okay, you know what? I was wrong. I was I was on the record beginning of the season like this is a good, this is a decent team. We're gonna be okay. And we stunk, 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 stunk for so long. I was ready to t- accept it and go get that first that first overall pick. Yep. And then all of a sudden we went 13 in a row, and it's like, well, you know what? Like, we can make the playoffs. And I completely jumped on board and was ready riding the playoff train hard. To fall short was really frustrating. Yeah, it was a tale of two halves of your season there. I'm pretty really? sure they were like mirror images. Like 30, 11, 11 and 30 and 30 and 11. It was, it was like, quite the uh, – yeah, and turns out we're the we're the, we're literally the media of those teams. We're basically a 500 basketball team yet again this year. Yeah, yeah, and it just like that. That's where I see the Pistons landing. You know, one or two games out. I mean, I mean, not one or two games out. I, I think that right now where it's going, you know, we we may slide, but uh, you know, just barely missing the playoffs. And unlike the Heat, we don't have our first round pick. If you know, because we just traded that away. Uh, in the Blake Griffin trade, which uh, he uh, don't have those either. It's going to the Suns. Yeah, but well, anyways. Yeah. So um, <laughs> the, the matchups that you that you provided uh, for us, I think I agree. Like as, as I look at these, you know, Raptors Heat seems like a pretty good, um, pretty good series. Raptors Sixers, I think, would also be good. I, I agree with you better. there. I think it would be better to see the Sixers play play a team like the Raptors. Uh, and for the Heat, with the way that they rebound, you know, the Celtics could be in trouble in that type of matchup. That's what we were kind of imagining last year. And you saw the Bulls give them trouble. Obviously, that that's a whole different, whole different uh, topic. Now the Cavs, Bucks. Obviously, that 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 just you know, LeBron, Giannis seems like it would be a pretty good matchup, pretty fun uh, to see both of those guys square up. And then you know, Pacers, Wizards, kind of you know, meh in the middle there. Maybe uh, TV. Yeah, NBA TV four or five matchup that uh, you know you don't really even watch. You just kind of see you know who made it out at the end, and then you watch the next round. But I mean, is there any? You you mentioned you know maybe flipping Heat Sixers or Celtics Raptors. Is there anything else that you think might make it more interesting? Or let me let me ask you this, this then: What would be like the worst matchups that we could see that would be reasonable for round one? 
I think Bucks Pacers would be the ugliest series yeah, if that became true. one because then you'd have both teams that are not prolific at anything specifically. I think like what would make a Wizards Pacers series fun, especially if John Wall gets run up and down the floor with Oladipo. We're getting to watch a lot of athleticism on the court. I think the Bucks and Pacers would both like be happy to play a slower game once it got to the postseason. It would turn into a slog with so many like just reasonably decent big men between Sabonis and Turner and then Giannis and um, like the their, their rotation of centers that they got. Uh, Jabari Parker, I think, is the one thing that could really make that series really interesting because he's the one. Guy, he's he's such a good uh, catch and catch and push guy. So like he'll grab those rebounds and just push it up the court. That'd be a really interesting aspect to it. But I think that's what I, I don't want to see the Wizards fall down to where they make the Pacers and Bucks have a series. So like, I don't want to see the Wizards end up being. Uh, I I think the Wizards Cavs would be great for a first round series, but I'd rather just see that at a different point in the playoffs personally yeah i if it was me i think i would rather see the celtics jump up and take the one seed and then keep things as is because i do think a round two matchup of uh you know wizard celtics would be nice yeah, obviously those two teams there's some history there um yeah. you know and then but now you'd have you know both morris twins involved and so i think that just makes it a little bit more fun but and is that yeah. even possible? Is that is, are they are they not the same person anymore? Yeah, I remember there were there was some questions being asked last postseason <laughs> after after he went and rolled his ankle and then came out the next very next game, you know, playing very well. They were like saying, "Hey, is that the real Morris twin?" There, right. there was no actual proof. We actually still don't know that. Um, <laughs> but this would ensure that there's no funny business. Yeah, now, Richard, we've been talking about like potential matchups that look juicy. Let's just kind of go team by team. Some interesting thoughts about them. I'm looking at the Toronto Raptors. Let's start there because I think they are like, I think the Cavs will win the East. Like, let's go ahead and get that out of the way. But I think the Toronto Raptors are the best team in the East right now, as as we speak. They they are they are strong. Twelve down their roster, but that can be a problem come postseason when minutes are more you know tight are more tied up with starters. What do, you, do you see there being a problem when they have to switch from this super deep bench lineup to when they're going to be playing against other starters more often, maybe forcing Dwayne Casey's hand to uh, change up the lineups? Or are they going to stick with this bench strong unit? I, I mean, if I if I look at them, obviously, when, when playoff time rolls around, you've got to begin to, um, you know, re- reel it in a little bit. But in my opinion, having a good bench, I mean, most of the teams that lose in the playoffs, their problems are – end up being either you don't have enough firepower at the top or your bench is weak. We've seen this a number of times. I mean, you, you go back to some of those Clippers teams, bad benches, the Wizards teams of the past, bad benches, and they end up losing a little bit early. I think that the Raptors, because their bench is, because their bench is good, then it, you don't have to worry about them losing because of that. The real question will come when maybe they're in the, um, you know, when they're in the Eastern Conference Finals facing either the Celtics or the Cavs, is do they have the firepower to, you know, to actually make it past those teams? And, you know, that will remain to be seen. But one one of the things about the Cavs is I don't trust their bench. I don't trust some of the players that they have coming off. That. I know that they've kind of retooled things there, but I think I trust the Raptors bench over the Cavs. And the Celtics, I mean, obviously they're going to have a, a pretty tight rotation as well, but they got some rookies. And so I look at this Raptors team as a team that, you know, obviously you don't want to bet against LeBron. I don't think the Celtics are ready yet. I mean, without Gordon Hayward, he's not coming back this year. So 
I look at this Raptors team as primed to actually make that run, and I think I think that they can. I mean, it's, it's it's yet to be seen. Like they've had so much trouble in the in the past with um with actually succeeding in a postseason setup. However, I can see it where they definitely make strides in the right direction. Demar Derozan, while his his three point shooting has regressed. He's certainly shown a willingness to take it, and I think even though he's missed some recently to bring his percentage back down to earth, the he, his shot looks better. It doesn't look nearly as as hard for him to decide to shoot that, and he's still got the one of the best. He's got the best, maybe the best mid range game in in the in the sport. So that 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 t- goes well for the an end of game scenario, perhaps. Yeah, and I mean the fact that they're just shooting threes at a higher, you know higher capacity. I mean, they're just shooting way more of them. Right. This year. I mean, that, that opens things up for the rest of their offense that, you know, I think that it's going to be a different Raptors team this time around. I know we've been saying that a little bit and we always kind of wonder that with the Raptors with this team, but I, I like what Dwayne Casey's done in kind of revamping their offense. And I think that it will have them primed to actually make a playoff run. So I, I personally, I like the Raptors this year coming out of the East. Oh, really? You think I they do. will, you think they'll go all the way? I, I mean, well, it depends what you mean by all the way, but I think that they'll make it to the finals. All the way to the that, finals. All the way to the finals. Yes, yeah, so let's finish that sentence there. But I just look at this Cavs team, and and you know, to me, this LeBron year seems a lot like the LeBron years. Like, it, it seems like that last year in Cleveland before. It seems a little bit like that last year in um, in Miami, and huh. we're, we're like we're mentally. He knows, and, and he he's aware that you know this could be a change. And I don't think that, like, I don't, I just don't know if he he he's mentally is going to be able to bring it all. I don't know, and so that's why I question why I question him and his team. Because what happens when you when you begin to face some adversity in the playoffs with this young team? You know, they, they some of these guys haven't been there before. Kevin Love is not going to be the guy to bring you out of it. And it's really going to all rest on LeBron. And if LeBron isn't 100% there, then if he's thinking about where he might go eventually, I don't know. It it, it makes me think that like, the door is cracked open, and I think that the Raptors can take advantage of it. But do, would you agree that LeBron is still – like his the Cavs are the second-best team in the East still then? Like they're going to be in the finals – like the conference finals against the Raptors? Yeah, I mean, it all. It, I guess it comes down to also seeding. Like, correct. Um, if the Raptors, if as is, if if the uh, Raptors were one, Celtics two, Cavs three, if it's something like that, then, then yes, I, I I would I would definitely see that. I don't think that the Celtics uh, have enough without Gordon Hayward. I think that the, if they did, then that would be a different story. But they don't. He's uh, Brad Stevens said he's not returning. So I don't know. I honestly think that the Wizards would beat the Raptors in a seven-game series. I happen to think that also the Cavs will beat the Raptors in a seven-game series. And primarily I think the Cavs, more so than the Wizards, because the Cavs have this guy named LeBron James. And if you're going to try and guard LeBron James with some kind of OG and newbie, CJ Miles, and Serge Ibaka, I, if, when, when LeBron plays down before, I just don't think you have a prayer. See, it's it's fine, but but the thing is, those those teams that kill you are when are when it's the other guys that really get going. I mean, obviously, LeBron, he's the you know best player in the world, right? He's phenomenal. But if you begin to you know let the other people beat you, 
then that's where I think you begin to really struggle for a team like the Raptors. I don't think that the Wizards have it. I think that their bench is still weak. I don't think that they'd be able to overcome a team with as much depth as the Raptors. The Cavs, if you want to argue that the Cavs are that, that the Raptors are not going to beat the Cavs, I'm fine with that because you don't want to bet against LeBron and definitely not betting against. That's LeBron. fine. I mean, I'm I'm not putting any money on this, so I, I'm not I'm not betting on the Raptors. I just think that if there ever was a year, I think it's it's this year when when LeBron is has his mind set to toward where he's going next. And, you know, that's fair because as much as people talk about the slaughter, which was the 2014 finals, like that, that's a LeBron getting cramps in game one from who knows how that series plays out because the Heat handled game two. It was a close game, but they handled game two. Uh, maybe that game switches. Maybe the Spurs, you know, come out more in, infused and they need to win that game. So, like, again, you can't really figure out how that series is different if LeBron James doesn't go down in the, fir- in the final minutes of game one. Yeah, that was you know crazy temperatures in San Antonio, and that right. was yeah, yeah. And just for the record, Michael Jordan missed the finals game with cramps, so I don't want to hear it. Anyway, Michael um, Jordan also missed two years in his prime, so correct. Let's, let's just you know, anyway, I'm I'm here to besmirch the name of Michael Jordan <laughs> as much as I possibly can before before they take my mic away. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> we we we've talked about the Raptors and 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 Cavs quite a bit here. Um, the Celtics are still. Like right there with the one seed, they played more games than the Raptors at the time. I, they seem to be falling off a cliff in terms of their just consistent production. Richard, have you watched any of their games? Because every time I watch them, it looks like Danny Ainge just can't figure out a way to get this team to play smart offensive basketball anymore. Well, I mean, it's it's difficult with with young young basketball players to have a whole lot of consistency. I mean, you know, you're up, you're down, you're not used to playing this many games in a season. I mean, it begins to wear on you. And so you can kind of maybe see the effects of that because, you know, this is, this is new for Jason Tatum. This is new. I mean, you know, for uh, Jalen Brown, he's only done it one time before. And, and so, I mean, it's not to be unexpected. I don't think that they would begin to suffer a little bit near the end. I thought that they might like that because they played so many games earlier on that, this extra added rest in the second half of the season, they would benefit from, but it also could be, you know, that because the first part was just such a difficult road with playing that many games that you're, you know, you're worn down by the end of the season. So that's kind of what I attribute this to. Um, And also you've had uh, Marcus Morris out for extended periods of time. And so that means you've got to play people like Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown a bit more than maybe, you know, they're used to. And so that that's what I'm attributing maybe this slide decline towards. Point of the matter is, I don't think that they are a team without Gordon Hayward that legitimately has a shot at winning the East. And that that that's just where I stand. Right. And I, I feel exactly the same way. And I don't want to uh, – I want to mention Marcus Smart as well. Mm-hmm. As much as he is um, can be a liability off- offensively because he can't shoot, except for randomly when – he just gets hot, which no one can figure out. Um, oh, yeah. He, the thing he does is because he's such a he, – I mean, he's a flopper, but, I mean, he's a good defender regardless. And he enables that team to get to a new level on the defensive end that only can, only can aid your offense, like in terms of transitions, uh, points, and also just the other team losing steam. Because, like, he draws charges – 
and he forces steals. Both things that are like really deflating as a offense. You you watch the guy run away from you with the ball and he's got an easy layup, or you you think you got a good thing going and the guy slides in under you and gets a charge. Like both things just hugely deflating. And they they've been missing that from Marcus Smart since he decided to punch something. Yeah, I mean that's another thing I, I forgot to mention. I mean, with, with him being out as well, you're just I mean, you're, you're forcing Brad Stevens to dig to dig deeper into the bench. And I mean, once you get past a certain level, I mean, unless you're playing the Detroit Pistons, you know, <laughs> and your name is uh, was it Danny Tice? Is that his name? He crushed, hey, Danny, Daniel Tice. He crushed us. He just destroyed. He looked like, he looked like Anthony Davis out there. It was bad. I, I mean. You know, unless you're playing bad teams, you know, these guys who shouldn't be getting minutes, you know, they're down. They're like the ninth or 10th player, 11th player on the team. You know, you're, you're going to see some of that. And so it'll be good when, when – when is Marcus Smart coming back? Do we know? I'm not sure if he played in one of the most recent games or not. I had okay. to, I'd have to look at his game logs, and that right. would, is not probably the easiest thing to get to. However, he – He's coming back soon. If he's not, okay. if he's not back, now he, his last game was February twenty third. So oh, no, he was inactive. So his, no, I lied. Don't listen to me, you listeners. His last game was December or January twenty third. January, okay. So, or no, I lied. He played. He played last night or February. 23rd. Okay. February twenty five. Hey, this 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 game's log is messing me up. I can't read. He, he's just coming back. So the point is, he's he's just returning, and I I think that that's going to be helpful for them. Um, I mean, again, with a team like that, you can't be missing that many players. And 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 so, anyways, I do think that the Raptors will end up with the number one today. I do think that's something that's important to them um, to kind of prove to themselves and to the other teams that they belong since they've kind of been disregarded in previous years. And, right. I mean, Celtics, I mean, that just leaves you with the number two seed since Cleveland really isn't close enough to make it happen. Uh, let me ask you, Richard. We talked a little bit about this before we hit record. If you're the Celtics, who would you rather end up playing, the Heat or the Sixers? If I'm the Celtics, I mean, because we were discussing this before, and you have you have um, an argument. Go, go ahead and make your argument first, Ethan. Okay. The Heat don't have any two players on their roster that are as good as Ben Simmons or Joel Embiid. I know that. They have a hard time finding a player that's as good and consistent as uh, J.J. Redick and Robert Covington. I'm self-aware. I know these things. But the Heat are a terrible matchup for the Boston Celtics in a seven-game series. And this is why. Joel Embiid... His best strength is posting up and then also being able to take you off the dribble, stretching you out to three. Al Horford is well-equipped to handle a big like that to, within, to an extent, whereas Joel Embiid will have his moments, but he will not he, – he, he'll, he'll probably carry you to a game or two. But the thing is, if you're only getting him for a game or two in terms of winning games, Hassan Whiteside can do that for a single game, and that's, that's one game Hassan Whiteside completely dominates. That's just the inside. Again, between Hassan, Bam's more athletic than any of the bigs they have. Cody Lennox stretches them out. Like, we have three bigs that are interesting matchups for what the Celtics have in their front court. Now, the key, and this is why if I'm the Celtics, I pray I don't have to play the Heat in the first round. Not because I necessarily believe the Heat will win, even though I think we would and should. Um, 
if you're Kyrie Irving and you know every game you have to go up against guys like Tyler Johnson, Josh Richardson, and Justice Winslow who are just going to harass and harass you, that is what I would be scared of as a Celtics fan because Josh Richardson should be first-team all-defense, in my opinion. Guy is incredible. In, in, in Miami Heat, Homer's opinion, yes. he's Yes. I mean, he has been he's a good exquisite. defender. He has been exquisite on the defensive end. He still makes some dumb decisions, but he is so long, gets so many blocks. He's he's just really good at defense. And if they let him let him loose on on Kyrie, it, Kyrie's going to get his some, sometimes. But Josh Richardson is going to frustrate the crap out. I as I as I, as I listen to you and, and think about this, I part part of me agrees that you know I I would. The amount of defenders you can throw at Kyrie, the uh, the type of style that the Heat can throw out with with lots of rebounding and and their you know the punishing you know Hassan Whiteside can probably punish them a bit. Um, I think that the Celtics are slightly better suited um, to to play a team like that this year than they were last year, just with the just solely on the addition of you know Aaron Baines is. You know, being just a big man who can help with some boards and stuff. But I, as I look at the the Sixers, obviously, if health is all there for them, right? What Joel Embiid can do, and what Ben Simmons can do, you know, when I, when I look, when I think about playoff series and how those those are one with with you know big players, I just I don't I see them as being a team like that that that, that could give. The uh, the Celtics some issues just because of how talented those two are alone, and you have a pretty good you know supporting cast around them. You know they're bringing in lots of shooting, so just because Ben Simmons can't shoot well doesn't mean that it it won't hurt you. And you know Ben Simmons, you know plays point point forward, but he could be a guy. I, I just wonder what the what it would look like in a seven game series to have Ben Simmons. Uh, being able to guard Kyrie Irving, the length that he would provide. I don't know. Obviously, the quickness is is an issue, but no one's really quick enough to stay with Kyrie. And so I just wonder what that length would be able to provide in that in that sort of defense. Small sample size. I I watched Dwayne Wade give Ben Simmons 15 points last night in five minutes. Ben Simmons has all the potential to be a great defender someday. He is not there right now. For all his size, he doesn't he, he against another a poison point guard. He doesn't have the quickness or the long arms. His, his arms are proportional, but they are not long. Like he's not like an Anthony Davis, Giannis Antetokounmpo, where his wingspan makes him even crazier, hard to like get around. Uh, so he, I don't think he has any chance of standing in front of Kyrie or containing him whatsoever because he was he was not guarding Dwayne Wade very well yesterday, and Dwayne Wade is old. Fair enough. Fair enough. I I just yeah, I just wonder like because how do you yeah I guess I guess if you, if you're the Celtics you try to throw Kyrie on you know JJ Redick or someone and just say hey chase him around although that could that could be you know tiring for Kyrie to to do mentally and and, and physically if you're having to chase him around all the time right. I don't know it's 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 an inter- it would be an interesting matchup either way. Um, and I do agree with you that I don't think that the Heat are a very good matchup for the Celtics. I just wonder how how good of a matchup the Celtics are for for some of these teams that are in, you know, in the playoffs. Like I, I just think right. that each of these teams down near the bottom could pose some issues for them. 
I, I just look at the Celtics as a team that lacks a lot of identity with without that player, Gordon Hayward, that they really they desperately needed that yeah. to uh, f- fold this team. You know, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are both like primed to have their own breakout series and win a series. Like, like that's that's the thing I think I'm overlooking as my Miami Heat homer self is that the the Celtics have the have two other players that can go get their own bucket from time to time that if we're sending Josh Richardson after Kyrie, all of a sudden Jalen Brown is left to someone else. So that that's, that's where I, I, you know, am overlooking things. Yeah. And I think we're also maybe overlooking the, you know, Kyrie in a playoff series. Like, like I, 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 I say that I think these teams could give the Celtics, you know, some difficulties, but I easily could see, you know, Kyrie, just really taking over that series, especially like you're saying in Philadelphia, where there's not that person oh. who who really can could cover him. I mean, even even with the Heat, obviously you have a variety of defenders you can throw at him. It's just he's. I, I am excited to see him as the main star in that playoff series. Right, and I mean he would be, and like the Sixers have no one to throw at him. Like the heat, the heat between, and then Rodney Magruder's back too. He's a guy who is perfect to guard Kyrie. He was, he was stuck guarding small forwards all this time last year. So like he's another guy that if he if he gets his legs back and looks like he did the last season, he's another guy to throw at him. Like I, I genuinely think that he'd have good matchups for that team specifically against every other team in the East in terms of like higher seeding stuff. It's really iffy. Like obviously the like five through eight, like any like that. He can obviously do, match up with those fine. Like the Wizards, like it's just too too many, you know, reasonably good guys. Uh, actually, the Wizards. No, nah, I lied. We could beat the Wizards, but the, the the Cavs, no. And I don't think we could beat the Raptors. But the Celtics, I I might be a homer, but I I, I believe that that's a matchup that favors the Heat. Yeah, I think I think you've been eyeing that one for a year or so. <laughs> I have been, I have been, man, Richard. I tell you what, we. I, I I'm sorry for making this a Heat podcast, but <laughs> I am. As much as the Heat frustrate me with their ugly offense, their defense is something that's not to be uh, not to be too trifled with. And if Dwayne Wade can play like he did last night, not like he did the game two weeks ago, <laughs> I'll get excited. Well, I as I, hmm, I am, I'm curious what what the Bucks can do. That that's that's the one team that I don't totally have a feel for. Yet, just because of Jabari, the addition of Jabari, that makes it interesting. Uh, to just what they might be able to to do, because if they if they're the four or five, you know, they let's say that they beat the uh, no, actually, just kidding. Right now, they're at the they're gonna they'd play the Cavs. So I I don't think that they I think that'd be an interesting series. I think that they would need to make the four or the five to to advance beyond the first round. But if they did, then you're facing the Raptors, and it's you know, while I like the Raptors, you know, Giannis, Giannis and LeBron, those are probably the two best players in the East right now. And yeah. so, like, they're going to be trouble for for. I think that they would they would cause they could cause trouble for any team. Now they may face each other in the first round, and that'd be nice. But you know, we'll see. We'll have to see. Here's the thing like, with the Bucks, like they have that they have that Trump, and it is it is Giannis Antetokounmpo. You can't match up with him. Like the Raptors don't have a, a good a good guy to guard him. Like you're going to be playing Serge Ibaka out of position and Pascal Siakam just chasing him around. And like Siakam's not ready for a no, a crucial not. crucial role in the postseason team. Like 
he's he's having a nice year, but like let's 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 not get ahead of ourselves. Um, the thing about the Bucks and the reason I don't trust him is because I don't believe in Chris Middleton anymore because he doesn't mm-hmm. know what he is anymore. The guy does not take stand. He does not take catch and shoot threes anymore. He wants to be some kind of off the dribble guy, and he's just not that. And it really frustrates me because that Bucks team has the makings to be like. There are three people on that roster between Bledsoe, Parker, and Giannis, who are all dynamic people with the ball in their hands, attacking the rim. And Chris Middleton wants to run into uh, the lane that is clogged because those three players are also not great shooters and throw up floaters. He, he frustrates the crap out of me. I cannot stand Chris Middleton this season. Well, I mean, as a yeah, I mean, a lot of that has to be attributed to coaching. I mean, you think about the. Um, <clears throat> Uh, I blame him. All that, but I mean, if if you have a coach who is telling you what your role is and is outlined for you within the offensive scheme, what you're supposed to do. I mean, you had Jason Kidd not knowing simple math running your team, and then now you're—I don't even know who's the guy who, who they've who they've got running it right now. So I mean, how much of a, of, a, of an actual legitimate offense do you are you really running that? Tells Chris Middleton, hey, you are one of our better shooters. You need to do that. Stay out there and shoot. You're not the ball creator. We've got, you know, Giannis and we've got uh, Bledsoe for that. So And Parker now. And now Jabari Parker. So we they I don't know. It just it seems to me as though that's a that's a big issue for them. And I think it, it will be a reason why they don't go super far in the playoffs this season, just because their coaching is not there. Now, maybe they can get a Fizdale coming you know coming in next year i don't know maybe they can get a good coach but i don't know that that's that's one thing about chris Middleton that i do think it has a lot to do with coaching well he makes me sick because sorry he's he's six eight rangy at like not an explosive athlete but like a, a long-limbed rangy one that could be has so much potential that is just being wasted and i guess you know i should i should be more critical of coaching here because there they clearly had a deficiency there to start the season but oh yeah like <laughs> who knows maybe it even spawns from some kind of 2k hatred from him missing open threes or something i the guy just could be so much more than he is if he just would be happy trying to be a clay thompson but he, he doesn't want that for some reason yeah can we say so the head coach of currently of the uh, milwaukee bucks his name is joe Jay- Jay Triano, right? No, that, that's I, the Suns coach. Never mind. I, I see Joe Prunty. Yeah, Joe Prunty. Prunty. I, I, I mean, I, it's, not, I, it's not great. I, I got, I, I got, I got the Jays confused and was calling out Jay Triviano, the Suns coach. Yeah. Well, you know, he's ten and five, so that's not that's not bad. Here's the thing, like, I mean, if you just don't have the the blatant uh, math problems that <laughs> Jason Kidd couldn't solve. You're gonna do better, right? You'd think. You'd think. Man, Yana, can, can we please get Giannis a coach? Can Can we like just wire David Fisdale to, you know, to Milwaukee? Just have him be there, please. That'd be, be nice. great. It'd be nice. You know, I think I think the only team we haven't really talked about yet is the Pacers, and probably for. A Reasonable reason. Like, I think we mentioned that they were, it would be a boring series. But let's go ahead and talk. This will be Victor Oladipo's. Like, I'll say, even though he played in the playoffs last season, this will be his first, like, his first personal real sniff at playoffs as the guy. And he's, he's going to have some running mates, you know, some, you know, 
some veterans like Bogdanovich and Thaddeus Young, some young guys who are doing it for the first time, Turner and Sabonis. Sabonis also last year. But anyway, do we think there is a scenario where this team makes any kind of noise? And I'm not saying wins the playoff series, but I'm saying, like, if it's the Wizards Pacers, do they push the Wizards to, like, a, a new level where the Wizards are kind of caught off guard? I don't, I don't think so. Um, sorry for sorry, Elkin, if you're listening at home. I, like, I just don't. I don't think that they have the the guard power to be able to stick with both Bradley Beal and John Wall. I mean, obviously, if John Wall, if him coming back is complicated, then you know maybe there's a chance. I just I look at this team and you think you know, they've overachieved this season, yep. and they've. I mean, and so it seems like they're just a team, you know, when they get to the playoffs, maybe it's like, hey, we made the playoffs. We were the, you know, we were the five seed. We weren't even like, we didn't even just sneak in at the eight seed. You know, we were, they had a pretty good season. I just, I just don't think that they're going to be able to make much any noise. Like I look at all of the other teams, literally all of the other teams inside the playoffs and think to myself, if they played against the Pacers, they would win. Like the Heat, Sixers, Bucks. Wizards, Cavs, Celtics, Raptors. I think that they would beat the the Pacers team, and maybe maybe I'm underselling them, and you know maybe they can take that take my what I'm saying and post it to their bulletin board and use it as Baltimore material. To, oh, I hope you know, so. Nobody believes in us. Yeah, I hope they do too. They get my name out there. If we, if we get the Hero Ball podcast in the uh, Indiana Pacers locker room, then we've done something right. We we've made we've made it, but I just don't see it from their team. I mean. Victor Oladipo has had a great season. He's a great player. You know, Miles Turner's good, but I don't know. I just don't. I just don't see it with their team. I think that they're missing a lot of pieces to really make it happen. Quietly, Victor Oladipo has has snuck is is slowly went back down to like closer to what his expected value in terms of sh- as a shooter is. He's now shooting a thirty seven percent from three. Um, a lot, I know, I know a lot of his shots are off the dribble three, so that, that is a higher difficulty shot. But you know, he's he slowly come back to like a more reasonable level, like not the, uh, not the like he was shooting well, like forty percent strong for a long while, and he's he's tapered off just a bit. And you know, it, it could shoot right back up. You know, you can have a bad week and really tank a percentage. But like what we were talking about earlier is, I, I don't see the sec- a second level for this team. Uh, based on the players they have. Like there's no one that's young enough other than a Turner that I really think is gonna like put their mark on a series and really change it for the better. And there's no one that has done it before on this team. You know? Mm-hmm. And I think that you're much yeah. more likely to see a Lance Stevenson implosion than anything else. Yeah, I think that Lance Stevenson is probably going to be like, I've been here before. Let me lead you guys to the promised land and then he's going to have one of those bad Lance Stevenson games. He'll try, to, he'll, he'll try to convince them. He's like, I once blew in LeBron James's ear. Follow me. And then, you know, it'll just it'll get bad from there. All right, Richard. We haven't talked about the Pistons yet. And I don't want to go – I don't want to go too long. I don't want – I know I already made the mistake of talking about too much heat in this process. But the Pistons, the Pistons and Hornets are sitting here on the outside looking at it. It's what we said earlier. Yeah. The Hornets have quietly been on a little bit of a, a tear here. Um, Batum being back apparently is good. How about that? Michael K. Gilchrist not playing is apparently also good. How about Ooh, that? Interesting uh, interesting uh, developments here. If the, a travesty were to occur, the Heat 
I don't know. If they lost players, who knows? I, I don't know if they get any better or worse because they've been hurt so much this year. Sixers are obviously, you know, uh, an injury away from terrible things, like being terrible because of how, like, especially to their two players, of how dependent they are. Bucks and Pacers are in the same boat with Oladipo and then Giannis. Both both those teams so reliant on those players. If an injury occurs, do you think it will tank a team down to the Pistons and Hornets level? And if so, which team is the one who jumps up and grabs the spot? See, I'm looking. I mean, I've, the Pistons are the closest to the Heat right now, being at the eighth seed. But, I mean, we're three and a half games behind you guys. Four and a half games behind the Sixers. Five games behind the Bucks. So, like, I mean, I, I just don't see it. I, I mean, we, we're what's going to have to happen is the Pistons are going to have to go on a tear, and it's going to have to catch one of those teams at the bottom just hitting a slight slump. I don't see any of those teams. Like, right now, all of them are trending, you know, pretty positively, like, or at least horizontally. But if you, you know, if the Pistons play 500 basketball, and the rest of the other teams do as well. We're not making it. And with the, I mean, when Blake first came over, we had this, you know, mm-hmm. we had this surge. We played real well. But now what's becoming very apparent is that Ish Smith cannot play with Blake Griffin. Like, it just does not work. We really need Reggie Jackson back. Not to say that Reggie Jackson is some sort of savior or anything like that, but it just would allow for our bench unit to be a whole lot better. Our bench has just been the worst playing Jameer Nelson. Don't get me start, started on Jameer Nelson. I mean... Just make the jokes and move on. Yeah, I mean... Base, uh, it's okay. Now, it's like... It's, not, I don't want to talk about it. It makes me sad talking about Jameer Nelson and his four-foot wide body and his old man basketball pickup game. Like, literally, I'll, I'll say one thing. He's the guy in pickup basketball at the Y who intentionally fouls you because he doesn't want to have to get back on defense quick enough. Like, that's Jameer Nelson. I saw it happen in a game. It, it's sad. Anyways, we need Reggie Jackson back, and right now his – like, they don't know when he's coming back. There's, like, kind of a March 8 day when they're going to, like, reassess him. But who knows? I mean, right now there's word out of Detroit that Stan may say, you know, let's go ahead and focus on next year's season – which, you know, seems great, except for we traded our first overall pick over to the Clippers. It's top one through four protected, so maybe maybe the Pistons are saying, you know what, let's go ahead and try to tank now and try to get that top four pick. But let's be real, you're not getting that unless you win the lottery. So as a Pistons fan, it'd be nice to make the playoffs. What will probably happen is we'll lose. It'll get my hopes up for one day in May where I think, you know, Maybe the lottery balls will bounce our way. Maybe we'll get one of those top three to four picks, and then we won't, and then we'll give it over to the Clippers. Right. That That's where I'm at right now. It's a sad state to be. Here's the thing. I think if Freddie Jackson was playing this whole season, we'd be up in, we'd be up in that middle pack of the Eastern Conference, that, you know, Dang. four, five, six seed. Dangerous game. The what if no one oh, gets I know. Yeah. Back, you know? It's always, oh, I mean, of course. It's, I mean, because uh, like, that can go all the way back to Isaiah Thomas. You know, like what if what if he's going to be healthy going into the season? Like, I, I know, what, what, like how but what I'm, how different I mean, everything can be. Like, I, I I know Reggie Jackson is really important to what the Pistons do, but like, man, like, I'm not playing the what if game right now. What I'm saying is that like the team that we have right now is to- tops out at like the four seed. All right, it's 
So like going forward, that's our team. We have the contracts of John Luer on there and it's, we, we, we don't have much flexibility going forward. And so this is our team. Unfortunately, when we made that trade for Blake Griffin, like that was it. We weren't in the best cap situation before that, but we're even worse into it now. And we don't have the draft picks to really make it happen. So I get what Steve Angoni was trying to do, trying to make a push for this playoffs. But with Reggie Jackson not being there, it really, you know, put us in, put us in where we are now. And I, I don't think we're going to make it. I don't think the Hornets sneak up either. They're, they're having, you know, a bit of a, a little bit of a surge. But I agree with you with your initial assertion. The teams in the playoff hunt right now, those are the teams that will stay. I, I generally believe that I, I I pray that there becomes a Heat Celtics matchup in the first round. That's all I really want out of life right now is the Heat to play the Celtics. So I can either just be really sad and upset that I'm incredibly wrong, or I can rejoice and be excited for how right I actually was. The worst thing is Deion Waiters won't be a part of it. So, you know, sad. His whole, all of his memeable moments will not be available in the postseason. Rest well, Deion. We need you for the Hero Ball podcast. In fact, how's our how's our fantasy team doing, Richard? Are we are we Because I, I don't play. Uh, we we are we are middle of the road, slightly below average. Uh, oh. I we dropped Dion because he's out for the year. Sad. Yeah. Um, but you know they want the morale of the team. Yeah, it wasn't 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 great. We still got down in the Mitchell dose. That's good. You know, there was like like a, a weak stretch at the beginning of the season when we dropped him. To yeah. pick up like Laurie Markin, who's also done well, right? But then I snatched him back up real quick, like, and I have not been disappointed since. I, I remember when we had a discussion off the pod about hey, you wanted to drop him, and I said why? Like it's going to get better, and you said, well, we got we got to do the flip and try to get him back later if it happens. So I'm going to take credit on uh, foreseeing these things. Okay, well. You, you, for who are going? I don't want to talk about her fantasy. It's not good. Let's 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 move along here. Gordon Hayward got hurt. Blake Griffin got hurt. That's all I gotta say. That uh, was that, that was, was a, that was a big part of our team. That was that was sad. Yeah. All right, Richard. I think we've we've went far enough. Do we have any uh, last minute predictions? Aside, we've already you've already said you think the Raptors are the finals. I think the Cavs will go to the finals. My bold prediction is the Heat will beat the Celtics, which is so bold because I don't even know if it's a matchup yet. <laughs> so right, right. We're really jumping the gun with that one. The only other thing that I see that we have not talked about yet is John Wall come. Well, I guess you briefly mentioned John Wall comes back and he's not the oh. same. He's not there. Kevin Love too. We haven't talked about Kevin, him. That's true. I, but here's the thing: when he comes back, I think he'll be fine. Like that's a hand thing. You're able to still be in shape basketball shape and conditioned for John Wall and his knees. He's not, I don't think he's there. And especially as your point guard, the dynamic of him coming back when, you know, there wasn't a whole lot of, you know, there was a back and forth between within that team. And so yeah. that's one thing that I looked at. And I was hoping that the wizards would be further down in the standings at this point in time, just because like that was the team that I thought when John Wall went down, they'd drop out and we'd be able to sneak in. But you know they've they've done all right, and so when I go when I go in March to the Pistons Wizards game because I'll be doing that uh, a little bit later on in the month, it'll probably be unlike what I wanted. I wanted to have the Pistons, you know, rivaling them, being close and being able to search past them while I was in the Little Caesars Arena. Not to be, not to be. Well, as much as that is unfortunate, at least the Pistons are winning right now against the Bucks. So maybe the Bucks are the team that falls to you. Hey, that'd be great. 
I, I, although I want to see Giannis in the playoffs. So. I, I do too. Like I'm wishing ill things, but I understand. Oddly enough, I think the Bucks, because of their, uh, you know, we we actually have talked about their coach situation. If Giannis misses any games at all, like it's a oh. loss. Oh yeah, least, oh it's in my right. thought. Right. I mean, so yeah, yeah. If, if any team is is primed to like one injury to befut, like tear them down, it'd be them. But guess so what I'm know, hearing. Let's, let's pray for health all around. So we're praying for health. What I'm hearing you say is that you would really like to see James Ennis go in there and like kick Giannis in the knee. That's what I'm hearing. I don't want the Pistons in the playoffs. Oh, okay, you're right. You're right. That, that's, saying, a, that, 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 that's what I should want. That's what. Yeah, okay. That's, okay. Actually, no. You know, James Ennis is actually has some value to you. Want Jamil Nelson right. to turn into a that's what, we want. that's what we need. We need the Jameer Nelson really hard foul at the rim. Right. I mean that that's that this point in time that's his best use. If Boban was still on the team, we would just want Boban to roll Jameer Nelson like a bowling ball. That'd be a great about the right size too, man. <laughs> That'd be such a great visual. Oh boy. Okay. Close us out with the hero ball quote of the week. And I will. And I will go to the legendary Stefan Marbury for this quote. And he said, when in doubt, shoot. That's how I look at it. <laughs>